electric blue waters that almost seemed to glow beneath the enormous velvety sky. Majestic mountains nestled between bulbous clouds, oozing with golden light in the evening. Gigantic crests of snow dating back to the ice age, crowning the ridges. Hiking on trails with views in every direction, kayaking on the shockingly pigmented waters, and animal sightings galore. Sound like paradise? It's pretty close. Welcome to Glacier National Park, Montana. I'm Ariel, your host. You're listening to Park Wake Up Call. This episode is about the geology of Glacier National Park and how climate change is affecting what the park is most famous for. You guessed it, glaciers. Let's start with some basic geology. And what even is a glacier anyway? Well, glaciers are made when new snow called fern, which is spelled F-I-R-N, packs down old snow. So even though glaciers are still actively making more layers, they're shrinking at a faster rate than they're growing. To be considered a glacier, these magnificent snow formations have to be 25 acres and 100 feet deep. Unfortunately, climate change is eliminating these magnificent glaciers. When the park was created in 1910, there were a whopping 150 glaciers. Now, there are only 26 glaciers due to the effects of climate change. Scientists believe that by 2030, there will be very few or no glaciers left in the park. Even though the proof of climate change is right before our eyes, our officials are only escalating the catastrophe. The future of our Earth is an issue that affects everyone. Our warming Earth doesn't discriminate. It's up to us if we're going to save it. Before I interviewed him, I attended Bob Schuster's ranger program. Where have all the glaciers gone? Mr. Schuster has worked at Glacier National Park since 1967 and has worked there for longer than any other ranger. He is still leading hikes to this day. He has experienced firsthand the devastating effect of the recession of the glaciers. I learned how people used to be able to walk straight from the Grinnell Glacier Trail onto the glacier in a few steps. As the earth warmed, people had to take more and more steps to reach the melting glacier. Now, Grinnell Glacier, at less than a third of its original size, is not safe to walk on at all. Where there was once a tiny pond of melted glacier water below Grinnell Glacier, there is now a ginormous lake of vivid blue-green water, which you will see if you do the Grinnell Glacier hike. Here's my interview with Bob Schuster, the longest-serving ranger in Glacier National Park. Okay, can you please introduce yourself? My name is Bob Schuster, and I'm a park ranger, interpreter at Glacier National Park. Thanks. Okay. Do you have a favorite hike or activity in the park? Well, doing the conducted hikes. I take people on conducted hikes and point out mm-hmm. vegetation, geology, history, a variety of things. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing that. That's why I love this job. And what I did, just did today with the, where have all the glaciers gone. And probably Iceberg Lake might be one of my favorite hikes. There's a lot of them, though, here. How many miles of trails are there in the park? There's 700 
there were, when I came here, there were about a thousand, but mm -hmm. because of bears, and so they can have places to go without running into people, it's, uh, they've eliminated some of those trails, so about 700. Wow. What do rangers do in the winter, and what can visitors do in the winter here? Okay. Uh, most of the rangers that you meet are seasonal, like me, and they're teachers, or some would be younger kids that are maybe still going to college, or... Uh, work like at a ski resort or someplace like that. Uh, the rangers are full-time. Like here, they don't stay in any glacier. This is completely shut down except for a caretaker. They'd go to St. Mary or West Glacier, and they do training. They do uh, work on budgets. There's a variety of things that they'll do, but they get a lot of training into. Um, what made you decide to become a park ranger, and what steps did you take to get there? Okay. Well, uh, I was lucky the college I was at had a government career day, and I just kind of stumbled upon it. I talked to a ranger from Crater Lake, and after talking to him for a while, I thought this is something I really like to do. I enjoy meeting with people, but I also enjoy science and wildlife. That was my background, and so that's why I, that's how I got interested. Uh, it's really changed a lot. Today, if you want to apply for a ranger position, it's all online. It's called USA Jobs. It's a little more complicated than when I did it. Individual parks did the hiring, and I actually applied to every park in the West because I thought this is something I wanted to do, and I got very lucky that Glacier National Park was my first offer. Wow. But, but now it's online, and I think it's by region, and you, certain parks are kind of limited to how much you can apply, and it's difficult to get out of. A lot of people want to do this, but people get hired every year. Have you seen any small changes in the park, like in the trails or the signs or the animals or anything like that? I've seen changes in animals. When I first came here, it was more rare to see bears here, and now we see them more commonly. And uh, also uh, moose, and that depends on the habitat and how it changes. So moose were very rare here. But now moose are pretty commonly seen here, too. So I've seen changes in the animals that way. Uh, I'm trying to see if I've seen any that have been diminished. It seems like up by Iceberg Lake I don't see as many goats, but I'm not sure how scientific that observation is. And what was the other question part of it? Um, that was it. Um, oh, okay. And then also, <laughs> um, what is the most important thing that we can tell the public about the park? That's a good question. I think to respect that park, the animals, and the process here, this is a natural park. And a lot, of, I'd say most people understand that, but there's a small percentage that don't. They think of it like a city park or whatever. And like up at Grinnell Glacier, we've had send rangers up there to try and eliminate people are riding on the rocks. Uh, people approach the wildlife too closely. I don't give them their space. So I think it's just a matter of respecting uh, the park itself and how it was formed and made, but also the wildlife and, and, and vegetation that are here and that they need to be protected. And lastly, what's been your most exciting experience as a park ranger or animal encounter or anything like that? I have a lot of funny ones. I, I, I did have a situation that was not funny where a, a family had been mauled by a bear and they weren't on my hike or anything but I ran into them and, and helped them get taken care of and then patrol the trail. Uh, 
I've seen bears do some funny things. I've seen them slide on their rear end down a snow slope. I saw one uh, come out of a, the woods, hit the trail where we were, and said he sat down on his rear end and kind of like scratched himself and then walked mm. off. Wow. Uh, exciting. <laughs> oh, I had a grizzly once that I was going down a pass trail and I made some noise. He was far away and said, said his reaction was to come towards us and I was with my wife and we just kept backing up and he just he was he raced across the creek to the trail but then he just kind of casually was feeding and walking up the trail but was coming towards us and we went back up all the way to the pass found a place we thought was pretty good but he popped out of some trees right in front of us always like from here to that post you know very close mm-hmm. and wow. looked at us uh, walked the other direction a little bit but then turned around and went the other way and that's when he looked at us and then he kept walking up a little bit, and as soon as he got a little ways away, we hurried down to the pass and hiked down. But that was pretty exciting because he was so close. And just there was no indication. I've been close to bears a lot, grizzly bears. They normally are feeding, and they just don't pay attention to you. That's exciting. Thank you so much Oh, you're for welcome. This. I really appreciate it. Well, good luck on your career. Thank you. <laughs> Is it going to be in journalism or anything? Or? the spectacular blue color of the lakes in Glacier National Park come from? Well, over time, glaciers grind rocks, which creates a special powder. This powder is called glacial flour. When glacial flour gets into lakes, the light reflects off it. This reflection creates an appearance of bright turquoise water. If you go to Glacier National Park, you will definitely notice the beautiful layering of the rocks and mountains. These layers and mountains were formed primarily from the sediment that had washed into the Belt Sea 1.6 billion years ago. That's a long time ago. Eventually, the sediment formed many layers. These heavy layers created enough heat and pressure to turn the sediment to stone. Today, you can see layers of quartzite, siltite, argillite, limestone, and dolomite woven into the mountains. Another breathtaking feature in the park is the multitude of brightly colored red and green stones. These colors both stem from one thing. How much of the iron in the rocks was exposed to oxygen? The rocks are composed of a mineral called argillite. This mineral, argillite, contains significant amounts of iron. If the iron within the argillate was exposed to oxygen, it oxidized or rusted. This rust is where the red color of the rocks come from. The green rocks, on the other hand, were deprived of oxygen because they formed under the same belt sea that formed the layers in the rocks. The oxygen-deprived iron the under the sea my formed a bond with silica compounds. In that episode, this iron-silica bond under heat and pressure and formed a mineral called chlorite. Chlorite is responsible for the green color of the rocks you see in the park today.